I'm the, I'm the guy that's got the mic. Y'all are saying, oh, I wish I could do that. Too bad. Become a pastor. <laughs> Paul, can you get the thing for her? Remember? Oh, you're on it, man. All right. These are for you, Mama. Right here in the middle. She's right in the middle. The presidential woman. Amen. Now, if we could have the second best mamas come up. All the mamas. Amen. No, you're all the best. I'm just kidding. All the moms could come up front here. We want to honor you and recognize you this morning. Give you some gifts and love. Amen. This is a, a wonderful, wonderful day. Amen. Guys, you missed your chance to give them a hand as they came up, but I'll help you out. Amen? Amen. I can't tell you guys to do everything. Come on. <laughs> trying to disciple them, moms. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. So the guys back there are counting real quick to see how many moms. Anybody missing anybody back there? Got everybody? Look at all these beautiful moms. I think this is the most moms we've ever had in the service. We've obviously got some that are with their moms today, but they're counting back there. So how many moms we got? 35. Sweet. So we're going to come. The men are going to come around and give you all a couple of special gifts. And then I want to give a few other. Did you, someone count different? Oh, there we go. There's another one right there. All right. Go ahead and start over here, fellas. We've got a rose. And a beautiful bookmark we had made for you, for everyone. Like I said, we would give you all a spa if we could. Amen. We'd give you more. But we want to make sure that you know we love you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All the guys pitched in and brought roses. Anthony, go to the other end over here if you want to come work this way back. Yeah, let's do that. All the way over here to the end. We'll meet in the middle. If you're a mama, that's all that matters. You don't matter what you are. If you're a mama, you're, you're good. While they're doing that, I want to give a few special gifts away. And again, I wish we could give you all the world because like you said, you, you know, you deserve that vacuum cleaner for sure. Amen. But just kidding. I want to see if we got who the, who the mom is here that has the most children. If you've got, let's start with four and we'll go up. You've got four children or more, raise your hand real quick. All right, just keep it up. Okay, we got several with four. Now, you know, even the ones with one should get a hand, guys, right, for sure. But when you get up there to four, that's a special calling. I felt, I felt left out at conference. All these pastors were getting up and saying, me and my wife and my four, five, and six kids, 
pastor and so on. I felt like I missed the quota. But five kids. Who's got five kids? More than five kids. Five or more. Sorry, five or more. Okay, still got some fives. All right. Six kids. Keep, put your hand up if you've got six kids. All right. So we still have three that are in the running here, right? Six kids. Anybody have seven kids? Right there. How many kids do you have? Nine kids. Congratulations. We have a special gift for you for nine kids. Amen. Here you go. Christina's mom. God bless you. Let's give her a hand for nine kids. Who's got the youngest baby here? Who's, who's got a baby that's six months or less? Let's see your hands. Got one here. Another one here. We, we have quite a few because one week last year we had five babies born in one week. The twins aren't here this morning. So what are we going to do? Who, so it's the three, right? Myra, Laura, and, and Judy. Who's got the youngest one? You think you do? You would last? All right. Laura gets it. All right. Let's give Laura a hand for having the youngest baby. All right. Now we're going we're gonna to recognize, I have to say this right, and this was my kids that helped me do this, so this is on them. Just kidding. The, the, the uh, one who's been around the longest, the one who had the, the lowest birth date, you know, going towards the 1900s. Huh? I can say it. Okay, my cousin gave me permission to say the oldest mom. If we have a mom here over 60, raise your hands. If you're over 60. All right, we got three right there. Moms, set four, over 60. All right, over 60, I don't know what to go up to. Five, over 65. See, now we got to go down. We're a young church, huh? Over 63. How, how old is she? 64? 64 next month. All right. Mom, are you 63? And you'll be 65, and Mama gets the gift. All right, I have three more. Help me, daughters. What am I leaving? Oh, I wanted to see who was, who was born in the smallest town. Who, who's been born, and, and if you've already won one, you've got you to push it off to the second one. But has anybody, was anybody born in a town less than 50,000 people? 40,000? 30,000? We're in Texas. I forgot there's towns of like five. <laughs> Population changes once every 10 years. 20,000? Still got 20,000? 10,000, 5,000, okay, Anna, how many people were in your town that you were born in? The village, sorry, it's not even a town, it's a village. Let me get through here real quick, I don't want the microphone to scream in my ears. She was born in the beautiful country of Tanzania in the village of how many people? Not more than 2,000. Not more than 2,000. Let's give her a hand. God bless you. Excuse me. 
All right, help me. What I'm forgetting. Most grandchildren. That's what it was. Who's got the most grandchildren? Where do we start? It's 29. Okay, anybody? Right, she already got a prize. Anybody else got in the 20s? Grandchildren? 15? 10? Miss Phoebe? Got 10 grandchildren or more? 13 grandchildren. Miss Phoebe. Amen. You'd have gone home with all kinds of prizes today. And even though she already got a prize, give her another hand for 29 grandchildren. That's wonderful. What was my last one? There we go. Who's been married the longest? Been married more than 30 years? Raise your hand. 30 years. I'm doing everything to the older moms. I'm getting, I'm getting yelled at here. Uh, then give me one, baby cakes. Too late? Okay. Too late. I'm already in trouble. You want a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> Will that help? <laughs> Just kidding. All right. 30 years married? 42. How many years? 30. Congratulations. Anybody beat 42? 39. Congratulations. All right. Somebody new. Let's give her a hand for 42 years of being married. Let's stand real quick. We've had the mamas stand on their heels long enough. We're going to pray for these mamas this morning before I get in trouble. Men, extend your hands if you would. How many are thankful for these beautiful mamas this morning? Amen. Lord, we just bless these mothers today. We thank you so much for who they are. We can't, as that video said, express in words what, what mothers mean to us, Lord. And we're so thankful that they have sacrificed so much and done so much to help raise the children, Father, to be great examples, Lord, to just sacrifice over and over again. And Lord, more than anything, we thank you that they're here at church today as a mother, Father, to be an example to their children. And Lord, as we sent that verse out this morning, the word says that a virtuous woman is to be called blessed. And Lord, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have a woman of God in this place this morning. We just want to ask you to Make this a special day for these moms, that they would really know that this rose and this bookmark and these gifts are something small in a way we could never repay them for being such wonderful women of God. We bless them. We ask you to continue to pour out your blessings on them and just give them favor today and the rest of this year and all the days of their lives. Lord, we bless them and love them and honor them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give them all one more big, big, big hand this morning. Amen. And as you're going back, the children can be dismissed to nursery and Sunday school. As they're getting out, if you want to begin to get your Bibles open, you can go to the Old Testament this morning in the book of Exodus. We've got our 0 to 4 back here in the nursery and 5 to 12 heading back behind the bathrooms.
Has everybody in here gotten, before we get into the message this morning, gotten our bulletin for the month? Don't have one? Uh, if we could just grab those real quick and see if there's anybody. They might be on the other side, Paul, I'm not sure. I want to make sure you know what's going on this year. Don't forget tonight we do not have service. We're going to let the families go be with their families, be with their moms. Some people travel out of town to go be with their, their families. So no service tonight. We'll be back here again Wednesday. How many have been enjoying the series of fan or follower? Amen. God been moving in that. If you haven't gotten a bulletin yet, just raise your hand real quick. We want to make sure you know what's going on this month of May. We're going to have a, a lot going on next month uh, in June. We've got a, a vacation Bible school we're going to have for the kids, our first one that we've ever done. We've been wanting to do for a long time. If you love kids or if you don't love kids but you love to serve, amen, we would love to have your help for that. So please see me, see Laura, see my wife. And we'll get you involved in that and uh, help us. It's going to be a three-day vacation Bible school. We've got some great curriculum for it. We're going to be passing out flyers. There are some flyers as you go out this morning from outreach yesterday that you can take and pass around to people. And then don't forget, I believe it's next Sunday, as you can see there, that I think we're having, uh, yes, next Sunday morning we'll be having baptism again for some more new people to get baptized. And... Um, I think those are the major ones, and we're going to continue on this series of fan or follower, amen? So, as you got your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter 2, if you would. I'm not going to keep you long this morning. I want to just give you a word from the Bible about moms and about the compassion, the sacrifice, and the love that we see in the Bible about moms. And as you're getting there, I do want to read a few more things. Um, that my mother taught me about in life. And this isn't specifically from my mother. This is just what a, my mom was looking at me kind of weird. She's like, what did I teach you, boy? Be careful what you say. She's got stories she can tell, but she won't. <laughs> or, or has she? <laughs> Misty made it sound like she has. Amen. Things my mother taught me about life. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait till your father gets home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. My mother taught me to meet a challenge. What are you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you and don't talk back to me. <laughs> My mother taught me logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to be able to go to the store with me. <laughs> My mother taught me ESP. Put your sweater on. Don't you know that I know when you're cold? My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you're never going to grow up. All the kids are gone mostly, right? My mother taught me about sex. How do you think you got here? <laughs> My mother taught me about genetics. You're just like your father. <laughs> 
My mother taught me about my roots. Do you think you were born in a barn? And my all-time favorite, justice. My mom taught me about justice. One day, when you have kids, I hope they turn out just like you. And they'll see what you're like. <laughs> Amen. Exodus chapter 2. Those are true things. Amen. Those are the, that's the real deal. I want to I just, I've, I thought I was praying this week and asking the Lord about what to talk about. And there's so many directions you could go. But, you know, when you think of a mother, the sacrifice alone of carrying the baby is it's just a huge thing that you could go into. But I want to talk about a couple of women, of the many women in the Bible who were great examples. In Exodus 2, if you're there, I want to read a story starting in verse 1. Say amen if you're there. And if you're taking notes this morning or for the internet's uh, message, we're going to be calling this sacrificing for destiny. Amen? Sacrificing for destiny. How many believe this morning before we read this that we have a destiny from God? Every single one of us has a destiny from God. God has a plan for us. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, I have many, but one of my very favorite is Jeremiah 1.5. And he said in that verse, he said, Before I formed you in the, your mother's womb, I knew you. Amen. You're not an accident this morning. It doesn't matter what the circumstances were of your birth. You were not an accident. Amen. God has, has always had a plan for you. And since you were conceived, he has had a, 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 a destiny for your life. Now, we know we don't all walk in that destiny. We don't all walk in what God wants us to walk in, but that's why we're at church. We're here to learn what the Bible says about our lives, and we need to know that we can't fulfill our destiny unless a lot of sacrifice is given. How many people this morning are not here today in the world because of the lack of sacrifice? We know that today, and this is not uh, something I'm going to go into, but we know it's a dilemma. There have, there's, there's the, the, the abortion problem today is like never before, and millions and millions of babies are being aborted, and their destiny is being aborted as well. And I want to show you a story in the Bible, and this has nothing to do with abortion. That's not what this message is about, but the sacrifice of understanding that I, God has given me something for the world. Have you ever thought about your life being a gift to the world? Sometimes we think too small and we think, well, I'm just here and I'm just going through life and I'm going to die someday and what can I do and who am I? But you've been placed on this earth to affect people's lives. You've been placed on this earth to be a messenger of God. You've been placed on this earth to give glory to God. And every one of us, that's kind of what this series has been talking about, have been called to be followers and not fans. Amen? We've been called to, to follow Jesus Christ as he says in his word and not just be somebody who sits back and cheers. And I want you to begin to walk in the destiny that God has called you to. And it says in verse 1, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. Now right before we go on, you have to understand, for those that are new in the Lord or don't know much about the Bible, this birth has happened as the, the news is going out that they're going to kill, Pharaoh is going to kill all the firstborn babies. All of them. He's going to wipe them out. And so she has now conceived a son, and she has the news that her son, along with all the other firstborns, as soon as they get news that those babies are born, they come and they kill that firstborn baby. And so there's a great fear 
And, and you know, pregnancy is hard enough as it is, amen, without having to know that you, when you give birth to that child, they're going to come kill it. To put yourself in the place of that woman, you don't have to be a woman to understand as a man how hard that would be, amen, if you love your children. To know that you're going to give birth to a child that is going to die. Isn't that amazing? And as we get into this, I want you to just see this morning, as I thought about these two women in the Bible, I want you to see how powerful God's word is, that the Old Testament is the New Testament, what? Concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. How many remember that? Amen. We've been talking about that. And you see that this Bible was written over 1,600 years. The book of Exodus that we're reading from and the book of Matthew that we're going to end up in has a great span of time between it thousands of years and in those times many authors wrote different things but there's something that God was doing as you begin to read this story and you see that Moses is going to be born to this woman in a second in the story and you're going to see that as she is as she, this woman that gives birth to her son she is knowing that that son that she's going to give birth to has a great destiny and she knows that no matter what, she, she understands that just as later we're going to read in a moment, Jesus comes through the life of Mary. Mary is, is, is told that she's going to have Jesus Christ, who the Bible says is the Savior of the world. And we see that as that baby's born on later to Jesus, to Mary, sorry, she knows that as soon as she conceives, not by, by, by man, but by the Holy Spirit, that she is going to bear that child in birth and in pain only to have that child die. How many are seeing the type? The, the correlation between the life of Moses and the life of Jesus. So we see here in verse 2 that she hid him for three months, verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed him with it, and laid him, sorry, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, that would be tar, and put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along the river's side, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had, look at this word, compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Father, for the next few minutes, just open up our hearts and our minds to receive on this Mother's Day, a message, God, that would speak to us and show us your plan for our destiny this morning. Lord, help us to understand the compassion and the sacrifice that women have made, Father, to be the great mothers that they are, to help us, Lord, fulfill our destiny. We ask you these things in your name, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you're able this morning, and that's my call, is to help you to see the things that God is showing us in these scriptures. When you got... Uh, pregnant with your child and you were going to have that baby 
you don't realize maybe at that time but you do today as a believer in Jesus that that baby was never yours let's let that sink in for a second not only that baby but anything you have anything you own when you begin to understand God you begin to understand that our very life is lent to us when you begin to understand that the things that you have are not yours they're God's it changes your perspective one of the reasons we're so selfish as people is we think that things are ours and that comes from the sin nature Get some of these young kids that we have here this morning. We have many kids between a, a you know, newborn to, to a year or two old and put them in a room and let them begin to play. And their theme is going to be mine, mine, mine. Amen? Isn't it interesting we don't have to teach the children to say, hey, that's yours. Because to them, everything's theirs. Amen? And nothing is nobody else's. Right? We're like that as human beings. And, and what God wants to do to us and in us is he wants to get things through us. But if we have the attitude that this is mine and we're selfish, then God is never able to get through us the things that he wants to get to us. And I believe that God has all kinds of blessings, all kinds of joy, all kinds of peace, all kinds of wonderful things for us, but we don't get them because we're too selfish to receive them. And we say, Lord, this is mine. And God says, okay, go ahead and have what you want, but I got so much more for you. And we see in this story that this, this woman conceives this baby who ha we know has a destiny. Has anybody heard of Moses? Even if you haven't had any kind of Bible teaching at all, you've heard the name Moses. You've seen the movie on TV. Amen. You've seen what God did with him, with Pharaoh, to get those people out of Egypt. So you know who Moses is. She did not, of course, know the capacity of the baby that she was bearing. But she knew he was special. But here's the interesting thing about a mother. The mother doesn't care if he's special or she's special or not. They love that baby the same. There's something that God put in a mother that is special. Amen. A love for that child, no matter how they look, no matter how they act. Amen. No matter what they do, there is a love that that mother has for that child. And she is, is, is pregnant with this woman. And I want you to put yourself in this place because, because especially for a woman, many times life, I want you to get this, many times our life can be like pregnancy. Now, the guy's going to go, oh, I don't get that. Well, if, you're, if you were there, you understand. Okay? You, most of us we should be there. Don't let me chase a rabbit real quick. Amen? Let's get some guys that will stick around and be fathers. Not just make babies. Making babies easy. I'm getting ahead of you a month ahead. Amen? But Pastor Gould will be here, so I won't be able to scold you on Father's Day. Amen? We don't have anybody in here like that today, though. I'm talking about the other guys. Right? But if you have a child and you were there with your wife, you went through everything she went through. The women are going, no, they didn't. I mean, as best we can understand. I'm not trying to say we had that. Look, you all know my standpoint, just in case somebody's new here this morning. If, if I was a baby maker, if I was the one that was carrying the child, we would have had one. Not even two. And the population, if men had babies today, would not be 7 billion people. I can't tell you what it would be, but it would be very small. There wouldn't be no nine children. I can tell you that right now. Because men are sissies. Come on, women. I'm trying to help you out here. That was a good spot to say amen. In some things, of course. I'm not a sissy when my wife can't get the thing open, the jar open. 
So you need some help there? Amen. But it's, it, life is like pregnancy because there's an expectancy at the end. There's pain during life. But there's a joy to know that once this baby comes out, the pain's going to be over and then a new pain's going to begin. Amen. But we're looking to the end and, and you know, our, our birth is when we get to heaven. And life is like that. But this woman, man, I want you to put yourself in her shoes. She gets this news that she's pregnant at a bad time. At a bad time. And she's thinking, God, I'm pregnant and I'm going to And once she, she, she knows by the spirit this is going to be a boy, you know, or it could be a boy. Of course, they didn't have sonograms back then. They didn't have a way to know that it was going to be a boy like we do today. But she has the fear, I've got a 50% chance I'm going to lose this baby. How many mothers are putting yourself in her shoes right now? And fathers. I've got a 50% chance that when this baby's born, I'm going to lose this baby. Then the baby is born. And when the baby is born, she knows there's something special about this boy. Amen? And when he's born, she says, now I've got to hide this boy because he has a destiny. And the Bible says for three months, she did everything she could to hide him until she got to a place where she said, now I need to really, and this is what I want to talk about a few key words for you this morning that I see in a mother that are, that are traits of a godly woman. And one of them is trust. She now has to trust God. She has to say, Lord, I'm going to have this baby and now I've had it and, and I know, don't want it to die and I know it's not your will for it to die and now I've done everything in my power to raise this child and protect this child to the three months age. Now I have to trust you that I'm going to give this baby away and you're going to take care of it. And she goes down to the river and gets a basket and puts some, what would be today be tar at the bottom of that basket so water would not come in through the bottom and it wouldn't sink. And she puts that baby into the river. Talk about faith. That's another one. Faith. The faith of a woman to put her baby in the river. And then as she get, puts that baby in the river, she has compassion to say, God, please don't let this baby die. Amen? And then she has unselfishness to say, I'm more worried about the destiny of this baby than I am of my own life. The danger of it dying, the danger of them finding out it's mine, and, and all these things happen. And then another word I think of is perseverance. Women are, are people of perseverance. Amen? The things that you go through just to have the baby alone during that nine months amen i love the part when you want to eat though that's a good part that was the f most my favorite thing about pregnancy was the cravings do i have any other guys that like the cra cravings no do i have any other guys in here do i have any other fathers in here okay i must have had a special pregnancy or something there was a lot of cravings of really weird but sweet and good things at different hours. And I had no problem going and getting them. Amen? But we see here as we go to Matthew. I want you to go over to Matthew real quick. And I want to show you this, the, 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 the dynamic of the type of Christ that Moses was. Old Testament to New Testament. Sometimes we get, man, I don't get this book. I don't understand what God is doing. God has a plan for everything. 
If you're going through something this morning, you're struggling with something, you don't understand something, you need to have these traits. Whether you're a mother or you're a father or you're a teenager or you're a young person, these are some things that you must have in your life to see the destiny of God fulfilled. Number one is faith. You must have faith to trust that God has a plan for your life this morning. If you want to go through this life and just live it and then die someday, that's your choice. But I understand God has more for me. I understand that I'm a child of the living God this morning and he has a plan in my life that when this life is over and I go to heaven to spend eternity with God, I want some people to be there with me that I took to heaven with me. I don't want to be selfish and just go through this life and die and take myself to heaven through my faith in the Lord. I want to take some people with me. And I know you do too. And you've got to have the faith to believe God wants to use your life. Mother, father, son, child, teenager, young person, God wants to use your life. The second one is trust. You know that you had faith and trust just to come to church this morning. You had faith and trust to say, you know what? I believe enough that God is real. I'm going to go to church this morning. Maybe you came for your mother. Maybe you came with your mother. Maybe you came for a different reason, but you still had faith and trust to get here. And God is showing us these traits in these women that are so strong and so compelling that we'd have to be inside their lives to truly understand it. Another one is the compassion. The compassion, because I'm going to read this story in a second of Mary and Jesus, and we see these same traits in the mother of Jesus in Mary's life that are faith, trust, and compassion. But those, those are kind of things you just have to exercise. The next two are the hard, hard, hard ones, which is unselfishness. How many know the world would be a better place if we were less selfish? If we'd be less selfish and more unselfish, this world would be a better place. And that's one of the things that as followers of Jesus Christ, we've got to fight. The selfishness that we have. Amen. We have to fight those attitudes of wanting to get what I can get out of life. And if you have that attitude this morning as a mother, as a father, as a son, as a brother, God will bless you. God will do great things through your life. But we've got to become unselfish. Look at Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18. See, we sometimes hear the end result of a story. Have you ever heard a success story before? When you hear that success story, it sounds wonderful. But we don't know all the work, perseverance, faith, trust, and, and unselfishness that it takes to hear a success story of any kind. We only see the end result. We know today that Jesus Christ came and lived on this earth for a sacrifice. He lived a perfect life. He died for us. We know that the Bible says he rose from the dead and he went into heaven and he's waiting for us to come back or to wait for, to come back for us and he's waiting for us in heaven. The Bible says he went to prepare a place. We know all that, but the problem is we don't understand all the things that had to happen for that to happen. The destiny of Jesus Christ was fulfilled because of the faith, trust, compassion, perseverance, and unselfishness of Mary. To, to, to be a young woman in that time and to get pregnant knowing women she had not been with anybody. Talk about weird. 
knowing that God had spoken to her and said, I mean, can you imagine this morning if you had a, a, an angel come to your house and tell you you're going to have a child, but you don't have a, a man? That's faith. And trust. And then, not only that, when you find out you're going to have a child and you have the faith and trust to believe that part, then they go and drop you the real bad news. He's going to die. You're having him to die. Think about that. The faith, the trust, the compassion, the unselfishness, and the perseverance to know that I'm going to carry a baby for nine months, and when he's born, I'm going to watch him grow up and then die. We all know everybody's going to die, but you know what I'm talking about. The death that Jesus died. And all the years of his life, all the days of his life, you got to remember, until he was 12 years old, he had not done any ministry at all, and then it was 12 to, thir to 30 that he did more, but at 12, till 12 years old, he was a boy, just like every boy in the world, and he was raised by that mom. And, the the you know, history tells us that Joseph died young, and he wasn't around, so she raised that man by himself, we don't know the exact age there's different ideas of the exact age that joseph died but he, she raised that boy and she watched that boy be a carpenter and, she, and every day of her life she wasn't just watching him as a woman who loved her son she knew that every day he lived was closer to the day he was going to die every day every day but she had the faith and the trust and the unselfishness and the perseverance and the compassion to raise that boy so she could give him back to God. Women, you can look today at your child in a different way to understand that God has placed that child in your hands to raise him up, to raise her up, not for you, not to say, oh, look how beautiful my children are, or oh, not to say, oh, look what a wonderful joy. All those things are great. But you have to have the attitude that you're raising your child to give them back to Jesus. That's the reason they were born. And if you want that destiny to be fulfilled in their lives, you've got to have that attitude. Don't be selfish and hold on to them. Don't be selfish and say, you know, I, I want them for myself. She had to let that baby go. So we see back in the, in the have I read this yet? Sorry, let me read it real quick. For Matthew 1, and, and I'm, I'm going to finish in five minutes okay Matthew 1 some of you are going yeah right <laughs> now the birth of Jesus Christ verse 18 chapter 1 now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was given to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Spirit now I just want to ask you do you believe that I just want to make sure you believe that if you don't you can't be saved you must believe this is key to the faith you have in Jesus Christ. You must believe he was, not, she was, he was not conceived by a man. Okay, can I just throw that doctrinal thing in there real quick? I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. You must believe that. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
She will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, in the book of Isaiah, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So we go back, seeing the parallel today, we go back to where, this is, the, this is, the, this is what I want to get if you, you to get if you don't get anything else. When you are a woman, or a man, of course, today, but I'm talking mostly to the women, if you're a woman of, a, of, of that faith and that trust and that compassion and that unselfishness and that perseverance, and you, and you get an understanding of, of a kingdom mind, of an eternal mind, we do have to work. We do have to go to school. We do have to do things here on life. We do enjoy life. We, we go through life. But we, there's more to life than that. What are you doing to make an eternal impact? What are you doing to make a difference on something that's going to last? Because even if you live 95 years, I have a 91-year-old grandma, even if she lives to 100 years, that's a vapor in eternity. And it's a truth this morning, mothers and fathers and young men and young women, only what you do for Jesus Christ is going to last. There'll be no degrees in heaven. Ashley just graduated, and what a great thing to have a degree. But there'll be no degrees in heaven. There'll be no houses made for man here in heaven. There'll be no cars. There'll be no social statuses. It'll only matter in heaven what you have done for Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that we sell everything and go out into the mountains and, 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 and become a monk. That's not what we're trying to say. You have to live in this world. But do you have an eternal perspective this morning? Are you thinking of what's going to happen after you live this life? And what that means is you've got to make a difference while you're living this life. As a mother, as a father, as a son, as a brother, what am I doing to make a sacrifice for destiny? What am I doing? And we see this woman. Now here's the promise. Here's the great thing is when you do these things, when you give back to the Lord what he's given to you, when you say and have the attitude, this is not mine, this goes with your money, this goes with your time, this goes with your children, amen, this goes with all these things. I am raising, my wife and I are raising our beautiful daughters. They've already been given back to the Lord. They're the Lord's. We're training them in the ways of the Lord. We're training them for their future husbands. I'm training them how a man should treat them. Her, their mother is training them how they should treat their future husband. There are things that we are doing, not just for them to have a great marriage, but for them to have a destiny that is going to affect eternity. That's what you should be doing with your children. It's more than just what we see on this earth. There's an eternal destiny, and it takes sacrifice. And mothers are a wonderful example of those traits. But the, the thing I'm trying to get you to understand as we'll close this morning is this. When you have that spirit and attitude, the amazing thing about God 
is that when we release, he gives back so much more. When we release, I've seen God bless my life over these years because I've learned to release and learned that nothing that I have is mine and that everything that I have is from God. And God gives and God takes away. Amen? And He's the Lord of everything we have. And everything that we have is sanctified because it's His. And so if I have it, it's from God. If I lose it, it was God's anyways. It's God's. And these women had that understanding. She had this baby knowing he was going to die. Then she shielded him. Then she put him in the water by faith that he would be picked up. Then she sent her daughter to watch where he was going. And, and then when the baby was picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, not by accident, but by destiny. When that baby was picked up, that little sister was watching and was able to go in and say, hey, she's going to need to be nursed. And she put herself back in position. Knowing and trusting that once she released the baby, I don't know if you're getting that, released the baby into the water, she gave it to God. She released it. She let go. A lot of times we put it in the water, but we don't let go. A lot of times we come to the altar and pray for something, but we don't let go. Or if we let go, we grab it back. You can't get victory if you come to the altar and lay something down at God's feet and then pick it back up and tear it back out with you again. She laid that baby in the water and she said, God, I'm letting it go. And she watched it go down the river. You talk about faith and trust and sacrifice and unselfishness. But her faith was that she would get it back. And she did. And that baby was picked up by Pharaoh's daughter and then that baby was given back to that mother to nurse that child. Tell me that's not amazing. And then when she got older, she released him again to go back to Pharaoh's house so that he could do what he had to do to be raised up as an Egyptian so that he could stand one day before Moses with the authority and the favor and the power to say, let my people go but we don't understand we hear the story of Moses and we go wow what an amazing story of how God used that man's life we hear the story of Jesus wow what an amazing story but church I want you to understand mothers I want you to understand if it wasn't for their sacrifice if it wasn't for their unselfishness if it wasn't for their faith and their trust and their perseverance those babies would not have been born it takes more than just having a baby to have God's destiny in your life. And we can truly see God do amazing things as the musicians come this morning in our lives if we will just have these traits. Release. Maybe for a long time, the Lord has been talking to you to release something to him. And you have held on. You go, why aren't I blessed? Why am I not happy? Why am I not fulfilled? Why are things not going the way I want them to go? Because God is saying, I need you to release that thing to me. Once you let go, how many know that if you release something to God, what God has for you is better than what you released? Better. Go.
God knows how to give good gifts. I said this on Wednesday. What kind of God would God be if we asked him, Jesus even said it, if we asked him for bread and he gave us a stone? What kind of God would he be? If we asked him for a fish and he gave us a snake? He doesn't do that. But God is a God. Remember, we were made in his image. So parenting is very similar to that. As a parent, you want the best for your child. You want the, the greatest things for your child. But if you're a good parent, you're not just going to give that child whatever they want, whenever they want it. You're going to make sure that they're in the right place to receive that blessing. And when they're in the place of obedience and trust and faith and unselfishness, you'll give them anything they want. That's the way God is. His hands are willing this morning to give you everything you desire peace and joy and happiness and love and fulfillment but there's some things that God might be asking of you this morning that you release to him maybe it's an idol something that's more important than God and he says I, I can't I can't deal with that I'm a jealous God I can't have you loving that thing more than me and he's saying I've got some promises for you this morning will you just release that thing to me and you know what letting go is hard Maybe this morning, maybe this morning you're here and your situation with your mother wasn't good. There's sometimes your father, your relationships. There's things that on a day, there's a mixture of emotions on a day like Mother's Day. Mixture of emotions. Some have lost their mothers. Some didn't have good relationships with their mothers. Some today, are, they're estranged from their mothers. There's all kinds of, 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 of things that go on in people's minds. You can only control what you can control. I can't control your situation, but you can say, God, the things you're speaking to me today, I want to release them to you. Just like Moses' mom. And I'm going to have the faith and the trust and the unselfishness and the compassion to believe that if I release, you're going to give back. How many believe that this morning?